We always begin with what did not make it into the countdown this week, and that is a story listed at 182, pretty deep into the numbers this week. And that's the headline, Chris Pratt accidentally deletes over 51,000 emails, and it was hilarious. You can check it out. We posted on Thursday, the 21st of May, and you can check that out if you like to at our website, thisistheconversation.com. Click the link for this week's podcast. But the short story on the short story is Chris Pratt's son was having a bit of a, a head scratching ordeal, seeing all the emails that were in his inbox. And then by some stroke of not quite genius, he went to inbox zero pretty quickly. And it became a really, really funny deal. Very viral in the video response from that one. Check it out if you want to. But if you want to actually know what happened this week that you truly put a care into, that are the top 10 stories that Per you, what you said there were. We'll get to those in just a minute here on the weekly wrap up with Jay Cliffin Payne. This is the week ending May the 23rd, 2020. And welcome to the show. My name is Jay Cleveland Payne. The show we call it the weekly wrap-up this show is a podcast that wraps up the week in news as per se you now how does the whole thing actually work it's really simple we post a link in our social media accounts that are attached to this podcast and the main project called the conversation project every 50 minutes on twitter and facebook so if you follow us on twitter you will see us at th underscore conversation you follow us on facebook it is this is the conversation and make sure that we're set so we're default in your feed And you will see a news story approximately every 50 minutes unless things happen. Sometimes we get busy. Uh, COVID-19 doesn't mean things aren't getting away here as well. And we do our best to get as many stories out into the week. So this week we had 197 distinct different posts of stories this week. So congratulations for being engaged in all those stories. We'll talk about the engagement total at the end of the show. But the first segment of the show, which we'll get to in mere moments, is going to go over the top 10 stories. These stories are literally picked out by you. Now, as the stories go in your feed every 50 minutes and you see them, what happens is you or people like you will engage in them. They'll like them. They'll love them. They'll hate them and share them. The more buttons they press to engage with those stories, the higher the numbers that come up. On Friday mornings, we put them together in a spreadsheet that weighs out the Twitter and the Facebook so they have an equal weighting. Put those numbers together. and We have a full top score for each week going from the top to the bottom. So segment one, we'll go over the top 10 stories from 10 to 1. Segment two, we will go through the middle store, middle segments or the almost rants, the stories between 11 and 15. And those stories that almost made it into the top 10 and kind of go over a little bit on why. And then the final segment, we'll go over what we call the almost relevant story of the week, which is at the bottom, always 197. And we'll also go into some of the numbers and stats to how this week came out in engagement. We all like to let you guys know how well you actually played with each other this week as a final report card. Remember, the Conversation Project is powered by you, so please help us out by visiting our sponsors, either at our website or inside of our newsletter, or we'll talk about our featured sponsor of the week in a moment. And you can also help us directly fund the efforts by going to thisistheconversation.com slash partnerships. Click the link for that one and you'll see how you can become either a Patreon sponsor, a Patreon, or just buy me one cup of coffee every so often. That helps out as well. All questions, comments, and concerns can be sent to the conversation inbox at gmail.com. Let's get into the top 10 stories right now because that is what you're here for. And the story starting off this week at number 10 is this headline. Several injuries, three detained in Myrtle Beach shooting. We posted this on Monday, the 18th of May. This story gets a bump in response. That means more responses than the previous story, the 11th story. We'll tell you about that in a bit, by 1.61%. So there was not very much to this story other than the fact that the the source we pulled it from, from MSM, the aggregator that it was, pulled out a story that basically talked about the shooting at Myrtle Beach. The police department was dealing with a incident where a confirmed shooting at Ocean Boulevard around Mr. Joe White uh, uh, Avenue, uh, three people were detained, and that was basically it. I'm not sure why exactly that was a big deal, other than it was a breaking news-style event. Nothing big enough to really take over the Chirons with the COVID-19 going on, but this is one that made it into the headlines for you, and the story was pulled, lifted literally from the local television uh, news site. Sometimes these things happen. Sometimes they don't. We don't always understand how things get picked up and why they got picked up. But this was big enough to make the top 10 this week and stick around for quite some time since we posted it 
on Monday, Monday morning to be exact. Let's move on quickly to the number nine story. This one with a headline, Titanic salvage firm gets approval for controversial plan to cut into wreck, retrieve telegraph machine. Wednesday, the 20th of May is the day we posted that one. Bump in response from the story at 10 of 8.73%. This is one that's a little more easier to figure out why people would be interested. And this is one that is sparking the controversy across the world and what to do about this wreck. Now, they're not going in to look for the diamond the lady threw into the sea. That's lost in the sea someplace. This is semi-historical and also semi-weird. So a group has gotten its approval to go and do this cut into the Titanic's body, that's the big ship that's sinking the iceberg. They got approval to go through and get into the wreck and retrieve a telegraph machine, a McCorney Wireless telegraph machine to kind of get some bit of history and try to retrieve that data box, black box, if you will, to see what they can find out about the night of the big tragedy. What's controversial is not the fact that they're retrieving the black box or that they're cutting into the wreck per se, but that the wreck itself is seen as a basically the final resting place of about 1,500 people. And so what they're doing is going through someone's grave, literally, to pick out one piece of equipment. This is what's becoming a kind of issue that people are fighting over. Whether it will actually happen or not, or officially happen, we'll see. Uh, we pushed this, of course, a couple of days ago before we recorded this. So that's where people are still sort of fighting that out. The, the salvage company got the rights to go down there and do this, but other people are still trying to fight to keep people from being disturbed in their final resting place. It is a bit morbid. It is a bit creepy, but it also is more than a bit about business and that's what the point is to the company number eight story this week the richest neighborhoods emptied out most as coronavirus hit friday the 15th of may today we posted this one bump in response of 18.98 percent so a lot of people cared about this one because it is a idea that a lot of people picked on to very early now this is a story about new york city and a story posted in the new york times that was a Big investigation of sort of what happened as this whole coronavirus thing started. So people were looking to escape the Rona as it was coming up as a big thing in New York City because a lot of it is because just close population. So many people living literally on top of each other that it's hard to escape everyone. And while we were learning how the virus was spreading, people were moving to greener pastures or at least far away from the epicenter in New York City that was possible. And most of the people that did that were people who lived in rich neighborhoods in New York City. They were able to mostly because they had money to go somewhere. They also mostly had places to go. These are people that had summer homes someplace or homes in other states, and they can get away from it. Now, of course, the interstate commerce, interstate, um, the interstate um, uh, moving movement between states uh, was something that became a pretty big deal after we learned about the hotspots and especially places like Florida. A lot of people in New York have places in Florida and a lot of people in Florida were worried about New Yorkers coming down there in the early stages before Florida became a big hotspot. Actually, only a few places in Florida are considered hotspot areas. A lot of places are really well contained and that's what they were worried about. People coming from New York City or other places pretty much anywhere just showing up and being symptomatic and helping to spread the infection or the virus, not infection, the virus to people there or anywhere. But what we found was people who had the means because they lived in more of the richer, snazzier neighborhoods found a way to get out of Dodge as quickly as possible as coronavirus began to work its way through. The stories at number seven and six are a tie. When we added the scores together, they had the same exact score. Uh, but the story that is the younger story gets to have top billing. So that's at number six. We'll get to that in a second. But the story at number seven with a bump in response of 1.3, 1.23 from the number eight story. We posted that on Wednesday, the 20th of May, has this headline. NBA in serious talks restart season in Orlando, Disney World, the front runner. The story is basically it's one that a lot of us are worrying about because we all want to see, all want to know there are live sports going on. Sports is a big part of the world culture and American culture, and there's a lot of things that revolve around sporting events happening or not happening. 
fact that the NBA season was literally cut short because a coronavirus and people couldn't be in the stands and people couldn't be close to each other is a big serious issue. And in a lot of places, they are starting to actually allow or get back to training for some types of sporting events, but not particularly for contact sports. And basketball, a sport where you're very close to each other, where you can put your hands on people to a point and you bumping into each other, fouls, there you go, is a contact sport. So the NBA is trying to restart the league and have it basically in one central location and just rotate out teams in various places. And right now, Disney World is a front runner because Orlando is a place that's easy for all the folks to get to and get out of. They need to. There's plenty of space and arrangements for for living and staying because of all the hotels, because it's a tourist attraction. And the weather is actually fairly good all year round. So uh, although they do play in, indoors and summertime is coming. It's just something that looks like a great place to do this if they're going to do this. They also talked about Vegas as a big place before because they do a lot of things outside of the NBA in Vegas. Players like to gamble, I guess, so they all like going to Vegas. But without all that distraction, Orlando's looking like a good shot to be the place to restart the season and how are they going to do it. Not figure it out yet or they would have basically said so, but we're going to wait and see on that one. Now, the story at number six, as we said, it's a virtual tie. It's an actual tie with the story at number seven based on the raw the, the scores added together. So it also 1.23% bump in response from the number eight story. This one's a little bit special because it got some help from Facebook. This one is the top Facebook story of the week. The more Facebook respondents were in this story right here. They'll push it up to the spot at number six. Headline for this one, University of California will end use of SAT and ACT in admissions. Uh, Thursday, 21st of May, we posted this one, and this is a big deal. There were a lot of follow-up stories after this one was posted uh, and still being posted since this was posted so late in the fact that more schools have been shying away from ACT and SAT because of various reasons. The biggest reason is it's not a very good test of aptitude. It is a test that has been proven to be uh, not very fair to people who are at disadvantage. And that's not just saying that someone who is a minority is disadvantaged, but if you don't go to a good school that has lots of resources, your chances of doing fairly well on the SAT are lower. So smart kids will always overcome and over or outdo the scores, but kids with lots of means can also find ways for tutoring and other things to do a very good job on the score that other folks have disadvantage of. And you can argue that, well, that's America. That's life. That's how it goes. Maybe, but we do find that it is proportionally, a, a large proportion of people who are not available to have the means. A lot of those people happen to be minority people that may or may not be uh, coincidence or not, are having issues using those scores to go to higher institutions where other than other than that, grade-wise and, and credential-wise, they're just as fine. But that one test score, two, because there's two different tests, is something that disqualifies them from various things. So University of California system is killing it. They're done with it. Other schools will probably do the same thing. Uh, it's We'll see exactly how it goes in some places. I know in some places they do use it for still for scholarship purposes as a test ranking for that. That probably won't go away all that soon. But as far as your admissions, you must have so much so score to make it in. That's basically going along the wayside let's go to the story at number five headline chuck e cheese selling pizza under different name to grubhub and people are confused monday the 18th of may we posted that one and this one gets a bump in response of 102.42 percent of the six and seven tie so this one is totally genius and just a little bit shady but not too shady in the process, Chuck E. Cheese is a establishment, if you don't know, you've not gone to the Devil Rat's house, uh, that is essentially made for kids to run around and scream at each other and uh, and play games for tickets to get prizes that are overly priced because they have to get more tickets than they're worth of tickets. So if you don't know about Chuck E. Cheese, it has a long history of a lot of stuff. And the part of that history is a part of this actual story. Chuck E. Cheese is based on children going to the establishment, and since children can't go to the establishment, they have to survive on selling their food, which is not why you go to Chuck E. Cheese. 
However, they have been selling food, and a lot of places on Grubhub have popped up with this specific brand new restaurant that is offering takeout. That restaurant has a similar name to, to, well, it's very, very nostalgic. It's called Pasquale's Pizza and Wings, because Chuck E. Cheese sells pizza and wings. Pasquale, who is, if you remember back when they had the uh, the robotic band, and they still have the video band as well, Pasquale is the drummer who is also a chef. So essentially they took a character from the mechanical band, put his name on a front for a pizza place, that is the same pizza place, and they're selling pizza and wings from Chuck E. Cheese that the kids aren't eating to adults picking things up on Grubhub. And the weird about third thing about this is, they're not alone. There are other places, establishments that are known for something else that are putting their name up there with a fake front of a restaurant. And Grubhub and the other delivery services are picking up and taking them to you. And you have no no idea unless you really look into it. The fact that they're actually something else. Chuck E. Cheese just sort of got caught. And because people are where they are in the Internet age, people jumped on this as a trending topic and, of course, blasting Chuck E. Cheese for their bad pizza. But apparently they're doing something enough that people are buying their bad pizza under the other name for Grubhub. It's one of the things like the Pepsi Challenge. You know, they give you two sodas. They don't tell you which one it is. And you pick Pepsi because it's actually sort of rigged. There you go. Moving on to the story at number four this week, your headline Batwoman shocker, Ruby Rose exits CW drama ahead of season two. We pulled that from The Hollywood Reporter and we put it on the Internet, at least on our sites, on Tuesday, the 19th of May. Bumpy response from the number five story is 23.65%. This is a story that may or may not be all that interesting to you, but it's one that makes you kind of shake your head and think about how the industry works. Batwoman is a, a show on the CW network, which is at this point essentially all really cheesy teeny dramas and all really cheesy superhero dramas. The show was in its first season and got a lot of great reviews. And this season, for going a little too deeper into details than I probably need to, uh, their their traditional CW crossover event where all the superhero shows come together in their shared universes for a moment turned into a event that basically put them all in the same universe so they can actually bump into each other, which was too great fanfare for many. And a lot of people loving the fact that Ruby Rose who is a, uh, a lesbian, is playing Batwoman as she is portrayed in the comic strips, comic strips, comic books, in this incarnation as a lesbian and being very open, for lack of better terms, of the character and character development. So what got kind of weird was this, I guess the developments on the set, a few days before we got this announcement was the official breakup of the actual cast and the the production company, at least the one member of the cast, Ruby Rose apparently has been not so happy with the scenes on the set. In fact, she had a, a injury that people thought she had an injury early on in her, in production and thought that that was nagging. She didn't want to do that. It just turned out to be a decision that was a breakup. Essentially, she was not pushed out, but she did not you know she didn't really throw tantrums. There was a mutual decision between the production guys and her to step away. What they're going to do because the drama is very popular and they just had a very big closing arc for the season finale. So they waited to the season finale to announce this is that they're going to recast Ruby Rose or recast Batwoman from Ruby Rose. And there's all sorts of articles going on now about who should take over the role and why and how to keep the show, uh, keep it, you know, honoring the LGBTQ community uh, the way it does uh, going forward and keep that thing going. We'll see how it goes. It's actually one of the few shows that I watch uh, in real time. I'm a big Batman fan, although not so much of the newer Zack Snyder stuff, so hate me for that one. But I'm a big Batman fan, and I was interesting how the interpretation would go. I've also picked up a little bit on Supergirl again because there's a lot of interaction because of Superman, Batman, Supergirl, Batwoman. That's too much information, I know. But I was a big fan, and so I watched the show on its own, and we'll see how this thing turns out into next season. But the most important thing is Black Lightning better come back. That's all I'm worried about, how they're going to deal with Black Lightning and its aftermath. But that didn't make the countdown this week. 
What also made the count of this week is a sports article, and this is one that normally would get kind of half reviews because it wasn't all that spectacular, but uh, we have been starving for any sports news whatsoever. So this is news, and it sort of goes along with something big. It is, your headline at least it is, Alabama QB Talula Tavaglielo, which I butchered anyway, announces transfer destination. 247sports.com gave us that one on their college football scene stat. Saturday, the 16th of May, we posted that one. So this one's lasted uh, quite a while as well. Bumping response from the number four story of 15.25%. And and so while I should know how to pronounce the young man's name because his his famous brother or more famous brother, I guess, also Alabama quarterback, just got drafted to the Dolphins. And so we should know ourselves last name. We don't. So we they call him Tua. So we're so we're going to butcher this one as well. Apologies to the family. But the reason why this is actually even a story is the fact that it's sports news. There was not a lot of sports news going on, although we did have the reopening of NASCAR and some other minor things in the story we had about the NBA saying we will probably play in Orlando. There wasn't a lot of actual news that was worth talking about where something happened. A transfer of a student, transfer of a high-caliber quarterback, although we'll see how high-caliber he is since he's leaving Alabama, is a big deal. Alabama, of course, is a, is a school that makes, makes stars, not so much all quarterbacks, but they make stars out of us there because Nick Saban has this process that makes things work out. And so we'll see what's going on. So the big deal is the coach and the staff gave their blessing, all the, all the happy thoughts for uh, – Talulia to make his way to Maryland, which is also a weird thing because most people don't go to Maryland as a powerhouse school. But if he thinks he's going to get a chance to play there, we'll see. He's he's incoming sophomore, so he's very young, and so he didn't get a chance to play very much, especially uh, as a backup to the backup that is that took over for his brother when his brother got hurt. But this was sports news, and that's what we see this why this was such a big deal this was sports news i live in the south and college football rules most of the sports news around here so i can see why people gravitated this story uh, so bigly this week let's go to the story at number two this headline reads spotify signs the joe rogan experience to an exclusive multi-year deal tuesday the 19th of may we posted this one Bump in response from the number three story of 4.83%. This is a story that many people sort of scratched their heads at, and many people wondered what it actually meant. Well, what it means is Joe Rogan's getting a good chunk of money to take his podcast exclusively to Spotify. Now, what we don't really know is how much of the show, as it is, will live in other means. We know that it will live and be produced and be published by Spotify. Uh, because of that, it'll probably still pop up on other podcatchers anyway. So you don't necessarily have to change your podcatcher. But uh, if but the big question is, will it be on YouTube in its full two hour spectacular? Because most people who are really into Joe Rogan are actually watching video clips off of YouTube. I, I say that anecdotally. I don't no no no. But you know, most people that talk about the Joe Rogan experience are actually just watching him on YouTube. I know from talking just in general, not so much looking for him on a podcast feed. We also will find out exactly how much creative control he will remain retain, which is probably most of it. But we'll see exactly how crazy it goes. Not sure if he's still. Well, I'm pretty sure he's probably still smoking dope with Elon Musk because that's going to bring in listeners. But we'll see if anything is meant to be toned down. And other the fact that Joe Rogan is getting exclusivity rights, which means they pay him money to promote the spot, the Spotify platform, as opposed to just say, here's my podcast, blah, 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 blah. What this means for podcasters? Well, for big time famous people who are looking for podcasts, this raises the stakes and how much money they can ask for in their contracts because Joe Rogan's going to get a big chunk of money. The next famous person with some sort of leverage can get more money from somebody else or maybe even from Spotify. What it means for a guy like me who is literally begging you for time and attention and to be Patreon sponsors, not very much. It's just another big time guy doing the big time stuff. And it means that podcasting itself gets a little bit of spotlight in the news media, but that doesn't necessarily mean anybody new is going to come to independent podcasts. But more people may tune into Spotify, though, or who already have it. They may tune in for this podcast because it's there as opposed to not. 
That's what it actually means. Oh, by the way, don't forget that we are powered by you. If you'd like to help power things on, uh, stop by one of our sponsor links on our platforms on the newsletter or the website. And of course, check out this is a conversation.com slash partnerships and see if you'd like to partner up with us to help to keep things going. Thank you very much. The number one story this week, we do the stats first and give it lots and lots of fanfare. And the stats are worthy of this one. This is the one that's actually a heartbreaking story. But let's get into the stats so we can get into the full details. Stats are the top Twitter story this week by leaps and bounds. A bump in response from the number two story of 29.6%. Bump in response from the number 10 story, which was the injuries suffered after three were detained from the shooting in Myrtle Beach. That was 413%. And a bump in response from the almost irrelevant story of the week. That's a story at the very bottom of the list this week. 7,987%. We'll give you the details on that story in the third segment of this podcast. But the details on the story at number one are coming right now, starting with the headline, Canadian Forces Snowbirds Jet Crashes in Kaloops, British Columbia. Story posted on Sunday, the 17th of May. We're going to go ahead and read you some details from that story as it was posted. And since this is one of the more heavier stories, won't be any commentary in the back end or any serious commentary in the back end we're going to read you the details kind of go out and then shift out to the next segment so bear with us as obviously thoughts and prayers go out to the families involved in this incident the canadian forces snowbirds cross-country tour to raise the people's spirits during the covid19 pandemic turned into tragedy sunday when one of its planes plunged into the ground in Kamloops, british columbia killing one member and injuring another Snowbirds jet crashed shortly after takeoff and burst into flames on the front yard of a house. Captain Jean Casey, a public affairs officer with the Snowbirds, died in a crash, the Canadian Armed Forces said in a statement. The pilot of the CT-114 Tudor aircraft, Captain Richard McDougall, sustained serious injuries in the crash, but they are considered not considered life-threatening. The crash happened before noon Pacific time, shortly after the jet took off from the Kamloops airport. Witnesses say it was following another jet when it appeared to veer upward and circle the tarmac before going into a nosedive. Video shows two puffs of black smoke coming from the plane and appears to show at least one person ejecting from the jet shortly before it hit the ground in a residential area near Glenview Avenue and Traverse Street. In a statement, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau said he is deeply saddened and that his thoughts are with the families of Captain Casey and Captain McDougall and the entire Snowboards team. He thanked the emergency crews in Canloops for responding quickly. You can go to our website, thisistheconversation.com, and click on the link for this week's podcast. Click on the feeds listing. You'll see the feeds for all of our services and the podcast, of course, the weekly wrap-up. This is for the week ending May the 23rd, 2020, of course. All the links for everything we talk about in the entire show will be there, including all the links we missed on the rest of links. You'll see that inside of the show notes there. And this is something that is basically a growing sentiment where various areas are seeing, at least here in the States, it's either the Thunderbirds or the Blue Angels. Those are the Air Force and the Navy's uh, exclusively um, elite flying teams. And many local areas, like local National Guard members and local uh, air, air people are coming up and they're doing flyovers as well. There have been some places where where B-2 bombers have gone over, some places uh, C-130s and some places C-130s are ma- magnificent seat in the air. And this is uh, Canada doing the same thing, using their snowbirds, their competition, for lack of a better word, their elite uh, flying team. And this is just something that was just really, really, really sad. So our our Thoughts go out to the families involved in this one, and we're going to move on from this spot right here. Coming up in just a minute, we'll go over the stories that weren't quite good enough, stories 11 through 15 on this week's uh, listings, as you said. So if they're not good enough, it's because of you. That's all I got to say. This is the weekly wrap-up with Jacob and Payne for the week ending May 23rd, 2020. The conversation is powered by you, and that means we need you to help power things going on. Not only do you 
give us the script by giving us what stories are the most important for the week and not so important for the week. You also help fund the actions, just like basically any other show out there. A lot of things are driven by advertising, so that's what we do here. If you'd like to be a direct sponsor, a direct participant in the action, check out thisistheconversation.com slash partnerships and see if you'd like to partner with us. And if you just check out any of our sponsors, any of our advertisers on our platforms, which is the website and, of course, the newsletters, that helps out as well. We usually have a spotlight sponsor, and this week we're back to spotlighting because a lot of people are starting to see themselves emerge from the cocoons of the quarantine or shelters in place from COVID-19. And as people are seeing that, they're looking for things to do. And as people are looking for things to do, we want to help you guys find things to do and get them at a great price. One of our very favorite sponsors is Cloud9 Living. It's one that I've used personally for vacations for not so much exotic, but just for interesting vacations. I let my wife drive race cars while myself and my daughter went to play with Lego blocks because I'm not in the speed and she is. We were helped out with that one by Cloud9 Living. So Cloud9 Living can help you out with plenty of different destination places. Anywhere you are or anywhere you kind of want to go, they have a thing for you. And they have levels from just romantic dinners to nice long golf outings to flying hot air balloons and planes and fast cars. They can have you covered all sorts of experiences. One of the experiences that are fairly new, at least new to me, are the food experiences where you go to dining places. They have one in New York City where we, when we're back to feeling like traveling. The next time we get a chance to go to New York City, they have a tour of uh, food trucks and tour of food carts in New York City. And we're probably going to take up that one fairly soon. But what we're doing right now is taking up on a gift certificate for when that time is coming because they're offering up gift certificates for 25% off. So you get a deal on your money. That's free money right there. The really, really cool part about Cloud9 Living is their gift certificates never lose value. So if you buy a gift certificate now and you buy it at 25% off, you not only get a great deal on that one, but if you don't want to use it for a while, you can hold on to it and never lose the cash value from that gift certificate. You can also book a, a destination right now, and if you change your mind, you can swap it for something of equal value without any hassle, without any issues. And it don't have to even be uh, just trading out for a different day. It could be a different place, different location. They will work with you. But they want to help you get back out into the world, and they're helping you by offering you up with free money, essentially. And if you use our link at thisisaconversation.com slash cloud9, that's the numeral nine, thisisaconversation.com slash cloud9, we get a little bit off that because they're an affiliate that we love to talk about. So you get 25% off your gift certificates or just booking your your, or your excursions right now. And we get a little bit off that for helping bring the two together because that's what we do. But you don't need us to really sell you on this one. Check out Cloud9 Living and they will basically make the sale right there. And you're going to get a great deal right now. 25% off gift certificates. And remember, those gift certificates never lose cash value. Check it out. This is the conversation.com slash cloud nine. This is the conversation.com slash cloud nine. Check them out. They'll take very good care of you at cloud nine living. The next batch of stories get little context other than their ranking in the grand scheme of things. Remember, we had 197 distinct stories. We'll tell you what the very last story is in the last segment in just a bit. But the stories that didn't quite make it into the top 10 are the almost rans. At least that's what we call them most of the time. We actually forget to call them half the time, so we changed the name up. But they're stories number 11 through 15. They're not in the top 10. We maybe can explain sort of why we think they were there, why they're where they are. Uh, but these are stories that were close, but not quite close enough. So we do just give you some contrast on what it what it made what it took to make it into the top ten. These stories didn't. Story number eleven, really, really close. And, and like I said, I thought this was going to be the number ten story and not the story about the shooting in Myrtle Beach. Your headline is Piers Morgan petition. Fifty six thousand viewers urged T- ITV to fire Good Morning Britain presenter. Uh, we posted that on Monday, the eighteenth of May. We pulled that from the independent because we wouldn't have a chance to vote on that. And the most sort of um, interesting bit of commentary we had in this one, quite a few people were looking for that poll because they wanted to get rid of Piers Morgan as well. 
So I'm not sure exactly how uh, their votes got counted in there, but the poll was already done, and about 56,000 people really, really, really wanted Piers Morgan gone. And it wasn't, I don't think it was quite the majority, or I don't think it actually was like a, really a binding decision, but that's what people thought. Number 12, Twilight actor Gregory Tyree Boyce, dead at 30. Uh, we pulled that from TMZ, and this was one of the stories that lasted quite a while. On Tuesday, the 19th of May, we posted this story. And other than the fact that um, he was a star in the Twilight movies, unfortunately, I have very little to say about the young man. He did some other side things here or there, but his big, you know, when people famous die, people look for a reason to put them in the paper, to put them in the in the news because it gives them content. And the biggest piece of content was he was an actor in a part of the Twilight Saga and young actor because he's dying now at the age of 30. Another person who has passed away that basically the headlines, but it goes a little deeper than that, is director Lynn Shelton, dead at 54. We pulled this one from People magazine. And what made this go into deeper detail was for the last year or so, she had been um, attached to romantically as well as working for a few years or so with Mark Marin, the comedian, the actor, the producer. In fact, they worked together on Glow, the show that Mark Marin is a star of on Netflix. And I believe there's another season of that coming out soon whenever COVID relief comes up for people to finish things up. So we'll see how that works out and if she is a part of what's done or what's not done. But this is one that turned into a, a lot of story about Mark Marin and his grief over losing his partner as opposed to um, the story of, of Lynn Shelton. Although, go click on the link for the story. You can see her deep resume of things that she went on to do. Uh, 54, 30 is young. 54, as I'm getting closer there, I'm realizing is not all that old either. Far too young to, to die suddenly. And that was director Lynn Shelton. Number 14, one Michigan dam breached, another at risk amid Midwest floods. Tuesday, the 19th of May, we posted this one. As I'm speaking right now, two dams have breached and have essentially flooded uh, a big chunk of Michigan because of those those levee breaks. And right now, there's some blame game going back and forth between the owner of those levees, the earthen dams, the owners of the land there, not maintaining what's going on, and the municipalities that are essentially underwater. Uh, it was a fast moving and no pun intended that one, a fast moving story when it happened. And it's right now they're waiting for uh, I, I believe they've had some cresting there. and They're waiting for the waters to reside and get back to normal. And, of course, rebuild the dams because there was obviously more water than the area could take on. We'll have more details on this one as stories pop up. And if you guys voted up high enough, we'll be talking about it in some level, if not in the top 10 here in the stories that were almost there. For top 10. And the story at number 15, this one gets a little weird and dicey. I stand by my reporting. Rowan Farrow defends himself after New York Times deep dive audits his work. Mediate is the link for this one. And we told us it on Tuesday, uh, the 19th of May for this one as well. And this is an interesting story. You really need to go read the story and go deeper into it and the, the research on that one. Because this is a, a telling tale of the celebrity reporter and why they exist and why they maybe should exist. Uh, Rowan Rowan Farrow is not somebody that's doing the regular crime beat. He's not showing up at city council meetings. He gets not maybe not so much a pass, but he gets a break for being the son of famous people and famous people who may or may not be infamous people based on how you look at their fame and infamy. That sounded better in my head, but you, you get the gist. He, he he comes off and personally as a little bit creepy, a little bit weird. And, you know, the stories that he covers are more than creepy and more than weird. Uh, he, of course, just came out with the book on Catch and Kill about the, the Inquirer and how they take stories and more or less protect famous people with their ability to get the rights to a story and then essentially bury it under exclusivity. Uh, this is how we got to know about some things that. Donald Trump may or may have done. This is essentially the catch and kill is essentially the, the big story behind what essentially took down Matt Lahr as the anchor of today's show and just just being a bit person in general. Uh, Rowan Farrell is finding his work being audited on exactly how his methods work, exactly how well they work or how not so well they work. 
And it's a very interesting read to go deeper into that one. So if you like, check out our website. This is a conversation.com. Click on the links for this week's podcast, find it in the feeds, and you will see the link for this week's podcast. It's for May 23rd, 2020. So coming up, we're going to talk about the almost relevant story of the week, which is pretty much pretty irrelevant, but sort of into what's going on right now and give you some stats and figures some numbers on how things played out for the week here on the weekly wrap up with Jay Cleveland Payne. This is for the week ending May 22. Nope. 23rd wrong date there. Can't read the date. May 23rd, 2020. This week's Spotlight Podcast is one with a very long and a bit of a uh, tongue twister type of address to get to, but it's one that may help you out in the long run. Now, speaking of for myself personally, I also have a podcast about doing podcast stuff and also have another podcast that's about messaging that's tied into that same podcast, that same world of getting messages out in the medium and one is specifically towards podcasting. This is the same thing. And there are plenty of other people out there with podcasts about podcasting and podcast coaching because it's a it's to be honest, it's a fairly simple way to get into uh, coaching people because podcasts seem like they're very hard and detailed. They're not. They just need a little bit of handholding. You do stuff. And this is another one. But it's a very good one. If you've been thinking about doing the podcasting route and all of the gurus in air quotes, me included, have not been able to convince you how to make things happen. This is a guy who not only has a podcast about that, he has articles, and he actually has a service that basically gets your podcast off the ground. And so to get to podcasts, podcasting made simple podcast, you have to go to his main website, Aaron says what.com slash podcasting made simple dot HTML. Of course, the link to this podcast will be inside of the show notes. So go to the show notes for this podcast at this is conversation.com. Click the link for this week's podcast, which is of course, May 23rd, 2020. And you'll see a link there. Otherwise it's, it's a, a, R O N a, R O N Aaron says what.com is being website. And then his links off to podcasting made simple dot HTML. So he's going to basically help you get through the world of podcasting. He's going to make it into a very simple process. At least that's how he, he puts it out there. And if the process of following along isn't good enough for you, he has links where he can basically do it for you for a price. That's how these things work out. So check it out. If you're interested in how podcasting works or for more details on how other people do their podcasts and make your podcast better, I listen to a handful of people who are podcasters that talk about their podcast methods because it makes me better. Check out Podcasting Made Simple, the podcast, and you can find it at AaronSaysWhat.com slash podcasting made simple dot html or of course click on the link for this week's podcast the link will be there in the show notes but this podcasting made simple the podcast is our featured spotlight podcast for this week let's toss out the numbers first as far as engagement we're going back backwards if you will but more or less back to where we normally are where this is essentially a twitter world and engagement so if you want to help out the facebook numbers follow us on facebook at this is a conversation we're the blue circle with the with the chat box into it and make sure you set us up as default in your feeds or on twitter it's th underscore conversation and you can run the score ups more that way as the stories pop up in your feed just react to them and just so you can be a part of the of the chill and you can see how the numbers go this week, 8.83% of the response came from the Facebook side, while 917 came from the Twitter side. As we go to the numbers of engagement, we had for the top 10 stories, they took up a, well, basically normal chunk of 27.52% of all the engagement this week. Of the 197 stories, that one took up, those 10 took up uh, about 30% of them total. Add in the 15 from 11 to 15, they come to 4.95%, another 5%. That tells you if you round those numbers up, because that's what I do, about 35% of all the response came from the top 15 stories. The one at the very bottom, which we'll get to in a moment, only 0.01% of a response. 
Uh, of course, this week we had the tie story, those two tie stories with the exact same score when we added them up into the formula were the stories at six and seven. That's University of California, which uh, is killing their use of the ACT and SAT for admissions and the NBA, NBA talking about restarting the season in Orlando. That's where they're targeting right now going forward. So with that said, let's get you to the story at the very, very bottom of the week. We already told you its response rate, 0.07%. People cared about it. This was a normal one where something posted late-ish, early-ish Friday is at near the bottom. This one posted very wee hours of Friday morning before we cut things off. And this story is posted from Cineblend. Cinema Blend, I should say, is a movie theme story. Your headline reads, The Dark Knight Rises Bane theme masks have been selling like crazy. Uh, yes, that is your, your headline. So let's give you a little bit of that story so you can get the full details of people walking around fighting Narona looking like Bane, but maybe not doing the voice. I'm not sure about the voices. Wearing a mask may feel like a new aspect of daily life to many as they continue to be staples of the current global health crisis. But for many movie villains, it'd just be just another day in the life. Has anyone else seen Darth Vader rolling through the grocery store to get essentials yet? It turns out a lot of people are getting inspired with their face covering choices, and The Dark Knight Rises Bane is an especially popular choice. In the past month, there have been a spike in sales for Bane masks, in particular on costume sites, with some even being rendered completely sold out. Costume.com spokesperson David Dijak has confirmed that the spike led them to be completely out of stock of the Batman villain face covering, but there's a ton of accompanying Bane costumes untouched. David Dijak told THR that it's a rare for sales to reach this kind of peak during this time of year, confirming that sales are associated with the pandemic. It should be noted that plastic adult masks such as these sold-out Bane masks are not approved by the medical professionals as appropriate wear to combat the virus. There have also been a sudden rise in independently Etsy sellers who are recreating Tom Hardy's iconic Bane mask out of cloth. Movie fans are already taking it to social media to talk about the villain from the 2012 Christopher Nolan Batman flick, more than usual. And you can go through your Twitter feed and see all of that stuff. So as you're seeing, many folks are out there running around with masks that are not exactly compliant with the actuals keeping you safe from the virus, but it makes it look like vain. Go deeper in the story. They'll also tell you that people are looking at um, wearing a mask that look a lot like Sebastian Stan in his Winter Soldier gear and other type folks that are just covering up their face. It's a weird thing. I know it's a weird thing. I don't have to understand these things. I just report what you say. And this is one you really weren't that into. So we're just reporting it just to let you know how not into it you are. And now that we've talked about how not into it you are, let's go ahead and talk about getting out of the show. Thank you so much for listening to the weekly wrap up with me, Jay Cliven Payne. This is a product of a lot of hard work, a lot of people behind the scenes, but mostly it's Go, going to you, crowdsourcing the actual script. We go to you people out there reading the news, checking out stories, looking into things, and you tell us what's the most interesting, the most eye-popping, the most controversial, and the most conversational stories of the week. We give it to you in the first segment. We called it the top 10 from the weekly wrap-up, and you guys always always deliver a great wrap up. If you're looking to be more engaged into this, or you're not quite so sure about how the stories came out this week, you want to do better with stories that you like. It's extremely simple. Follow us on Facebook at this is a conversation. Make sure you set us up as something that is defaulted in your feed. So you see more of us. Follow us on Twitter at TH underscore conversation or check it out the sites looking for it here or there. As every 50 minutes, we're going to post a brand new news story from various sites across the internets. And some of them you may love, some of them you may not love. Some of them we are, you know, we know they're a little sketchy, but they give us great content, great things to look at. And you get a chance to tell us what stories are the most exciting, the most engaging, most conversational of the week. You can also email us with any kind of issues that you may have with those stories or just with anything in general at the conversation inbox at gmail.com. This podcast and the whole 
project is powered by you. So you can help us out by going through thisisconversation.com, our website, and clicking links for any of our sponsors there, clicking links for partnerships, and become a direct partner there if you like to, and maybe even just buy me a cup of coffee every so often. That helps out as well. Our spotlight sponsor this week is, of course, Cloud9 Living. Check out thisistheconversation.com slash cloud9 for a chance to get in on the moving around bit. Get yourself a gift certificate for a great excursion for 25% off right now. You can also check out our podcast spotlight for the week, and that is a really cool one that you may or may not have heard of. It is called Podcasting Made Simple, the podcast. Links to that is at our website as well. Go to thisistheconversation.com. Click on this week's podcast link for May 23rd, 2020. And most importantly, share the podcast with folks out there who are pretty conversational, would like to get in this conversation and make sure you are subscribed as well. So you don't miss out on the podcast and check out our newsletter as well. Links to that is at the website as well. So you can see Monday through Thursday, the eight things to talk about for when you start going back to work and being out into the populations, you'll have a big topic, a big chunk of eight things that were talked about in the day before. So you start off the day what things to talk about in your feed at the water cooler. It doesn't all always come together, but there you go. As I said, email us at the conversation inbox at gmail.com. Check out jclivenpain.net for other things I may be up to. And this is the part where I say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This does not happen without your help. And we all the people involved in making sure that this podcast comes together. Appreciate you tons and tons and tons so with that we're going to officially wrap up for this week and prepare we're already preparing we're already posting stories this weekend you guys are responding as well as in kind as well for another great podcast coming up in just days so we'll find out what happens over about a seven day span of time which stories you tell us are the most conversational the ones that people really 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 care about out there thank you so much and we'll see you next week